Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh my. I like that one. Very that nice. one was good. I'm going to do it a little different every episode. Okay, okay. You know. So you are still stuck with me. This is April. And I'm CJ. And in this podcast, we decided we're going to kind of just do an overview of non-monogamy. Yes. And kind of discuss some of the major subcategories under non-monogamy. And note how I did not say ethical non-monogamy. Point. Point. And CJ, why are we not saying ethical non-monogamy? Because all non-monogamy should be ethical. Correct. And what do we call it if it is not ethical? Cheating. Thank you. Cheating. Cheating. And I personally do not consider cheating as one of the non-monogamy categories that we subscribe to. Yeah. Cheating is its own category in my opinion. Just like we don't consider cheating a form of a monogamous relationship or like any other relationship form either. Correct. So if it's not what we would consider under monogamy, we're not gonna also consider it under non-monogamy. So I personally do not ever say ethical, I just say non-monogamy. Boom. Boom. Mic drop, if you will. Yes. So let's just dive on in and talk about some of the different forms of non-monogamy. Some of them I'm a little bit more well-versed on. Some of them I am still learning or may actually never really understand, but that's what all this is about. So, And that's the same for me too. I feel pretty much like I have a handle on most of these, but I'm sure I'm going to trip up somewhere. So that same, should be fun. Samesies, samesies. We and there's also no confidence. yeah, no confidence. None. None. It is still 2021 during a panoramic, so we don't so want to get no. ahead of ourselves. Right. And some of these also we'll discuss if they actually in our opinions are not monogamy or if they're subcategories of subcategories. There's a lot of gray here. So keep in mind, again, we are not licensed therapists, we are not life coaches or anything like that. This is just based on our own experience with non-monogamy. Exactly. So Obviously, I think the biggest one that we both know the most about would be polyamory. I would agree. Look at that. Look at that. <clears throat> so, you know, non-monogamy is kind of the umbrella as I explain it to people. That is the overarching term. Polyamory is one subcategory. That is the one that I've been practicing probably the longest. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say generally, if I summed up polyamory in a few sentences, um, how I usually explain it to people, it is a relationship or a connection amongst many people or could be amongst many people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. You actually don't even have to be dating or be connected to anyone to consider yourself polyamorous. That's correct. That is correct. And true for one of us. Yes. <laughs> so you can be solo poly, you can be single and be poly, you don't have to be partnered. Um, for me, polyamory means that you have the ability and the option to create multiple connections with multiple people at the same time. Those connections also don't have to include sex. Mm -hmm. They don't have to include emotion. 
they can and oftentimes mm -hmm. do or oftentimes can include both of those things but it's really up to each person mm -hmm. yeah so for me I love polyamory because it allows me the option to have many different types of relationships without constraint yeah I think that we have both said that in so many ways that like polyamory for us is about never saying no to a potential connection that could already exist between ourselves and another person yeah is there anything you would add to that kind of definition that you feel rings true for you with polyamory? Well, one thing that I did want to say is um, that probably the biggest highlight of polyamory for me is the communication aspect of communicating every aspect and every boundary or, or just do this commitment to that level of honesty and vulnerability with each other, which I think is really important for when we're talking about these relationships that are polyamorous, but maybe are not sexual, or maybe are not romantic by however that, that's defined in the partnership. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the only thing that I had to add on that. Cool. Yeah, and no, and there's definitely um, a lot of people who are more subscribing to almost like a polyamorous, non-sexual relationship with mm -hmm. friends. Um, I don't want to say a romantic, but where you don't necessarily have to be dating a person to be in a kind of connected atmosphere, if you will. Right. Yeah. And then when we say it like that, also, it does give, you know, representation to people who are asexual, who are still polyamorous. Like that's totally allowed. Obviously, you define that relationship, how you uh, what feels true to you. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. I'm still kind of learning about those new types of polyamory. Mm -hmm. So but I think it's pretty awesome to have options. Amen. Amen. Praise <laughs> baby Jesus. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so another type that I think a lot of people are familiar with is uh, kind of a swinging or a switch, uh, full switch, full swap, swinging. Um, and would you say that that's like probably the first instance of non-monogamy or the first like culturally noticed instance of non-monogamy? Well, I mean, I would give that to cheating actually. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, if, you know, if we're kicking it back to, like, early 90s and, like, gateway drugs, if you will, <laughs> I think... I cheating think, was a gateway drug to polyamory. Yeah, no. Ooh, that, found, that feels bad. Um, that feels really bad. That feels so bad. But, yeah, I think, I think cheating is, like, the, I don't want to say cultural norm, but it is what most people are introduced to with non-monogamy mm. in their minds. Right. Even though I don't consider it non-monogamy, I think that's right. a lot of people's intro. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, and I often hear that swinging is a lot of people's actual like gateway drug into more open non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, which I think is interesting. I think it's not super uncommon and I, I understand, I think why it happens that way. I think it's kind of a path of least resistance mm -hmm. where people feel like they have a little bit more control and safety mm -hmm. and swinging and swinging. Yeah. Um, so what is swinging? Um, I will say I am not a swinger. I have never been a swinger. So my interpretation of swinging is completely my own, having no experience done it. Mm -hmm. So judge away. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> Feel free to be like, Ash, totally wrong. That's the context, if you will. That is the context. Yeah. That is my little asterisk warning label. Yes. Footnote. Footnote. So swinging typically happens uh, with couples. Um, I the swingers that I know and have talked to about the lifestyle they typically will swing with other couples other partners um, there's a multitude of ways that I've seen it set up where you can have swinging and it's only to be done in the same room with both partners they are swinging separately with different people I have heard people 
will swing, but they have to swing in the same house. So the connections or the hookups have to hook, like be in the home, just in different rooms. I've heard some people are totally fine with it, not even being at their house and they don't have to be knowledgeable of it. They still consider that swinging. Do they um, still consider themselves monogamous? Or how yeah, do they Yeah, so they actually, I have talked to some swingers who do consider themselves monogamous and still claim that monogamous title. Wow, okay. So this is almost like their Las Vegas free pass. Okay, yeah, there you if go. If that makes sense. Pass, like what yeah. happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Right. It's almost kind of like that. So right. they still find comfort in the monogamous title. Um, and some don't. Some don't claim to be monogamous once they start swinging. So I think it's just kind of person to person. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting point there is that like, I would say theoretically you, sh you would have to have a lot of security to feel safe enough to swing in the same house or even in the same room with another partner, whereas I'm sure like even a lot of polyamorous uh, situations are not that comfortable. Like Yeah. Yeah. And this also kind of also touches into the BDSM world some because you do have that whole world where swinging, cuckolding, there's a lot of stuff that goes into that where those people might also not consider themselves non-monogamous. So it's kind of an interesting little twist. That is, that's a loophole. Little loophole, if you will. Little loophole, if you will. Um, so yeah, you have the swinging category, and you know we jumped right over the whole flipping open relationship status. We did is that really even you know? important? So <laughs> open relationship, that is a category. Yes. Um, it is one that I do recognize. I think for me, it can be a little gray at times. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I think everyone's definition of open is a little different. Absolutely. I will say for myself, with my current partner, Jay, um, we started as open technically, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because we weren't as well versed on what polyamory and all these different options were. And to be quite honest, we were intimidated and slightly afraid of what this might look like. So open for us felt safe. Yeah. Um, so for myself, open is more you're able to... Um, have sexual connection with other people, but you are not specifically looking for an emotional attachment. Mm -hmm. You're not really looking. It's more of kind of what I would consider friends with benefits. Yeah. Well, how would you define an emotional attachment? You know, that's become very gray for me. Not gray. Um, I find there's less of a defined box around emotional attachment for myself now. Mm -hmm. I think if you had asked me four or five years ago um emotional attachment would be along the lines of you know i want to date this person i want to be around them all the time i want to you know fall in love with them and mm -hmm. and dedicate my life and Ooh, yeah okay. yeah all right there's a lot hard there. pass um that was a lot, that was a lot. <laughs> now for me um emotional connection can be with friends and can be with partners or you know people I'm dating or whoever so for me emotional connection is a little bit more gray now it's a little bit harder to define why my connection with my partner is different than like even you yes mm -hmm. um, well you know. the interesting thing about emotional connection is um, that's kind of where I started in terms of understanding that I was polyamorous was mm -hmm. because I noticed that if I were to define an emotional connection as like a level of investment in like a person in terms of like you know wanting to know how they're doing wanting to know that all their you know that their job is going well that their goals are being achieved that they're healthy um that was something that was present in all my friendships and um was actually you know that depth of connection wasn't always present in my marriage 
So I started to look at like, oh, okay, an emotional connection is when not only are you invested in this person's well-being, you know, mm-hmm. but you're also kind of taking note of like how to f- how it is you guys come to flow together. I feel like I might be getting a, like a little bit too more energy, kind of energy flow. Yeah, energy. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the more yeah. I try to define it, the like farther away from me it gets almost. Yeah, I mean that's. But it's incredible. But like exactly like you like you said we have these different emotional connections with different friends and whenever it's platonic we never think about those as like ooh, this is more threatening to this other friendship yeah we don't necessarily need to box them in as much yeah or like our emotional connection with our parents we don't feel the need to box that in versus our emotional connection to our siblings right exactly they just are yeah and none are threatened by the other right and so that was the understanding that led me towards polyamory which mm-hmm. is like okay yeah so I, you know, that's already how I'm experiencing my relationships with my friends, with my family. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to kind of, and I think we definitely could uh, deep dive in some other podcasts on emotional connection and what Mm -hmm. love means. And there's so much to deep dive on that. That's you. I could go for hours. I won't. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So at least for myself, that's how I defined open in the very beginning was no real emotional connection, more of just looking in friends with benefits or kind of one-offs or play partners because mm-hmm. I am into kink and BDSM, so play partners is another option right. under kind of open. Um, so yeah, that is open. Is there anything that you kind of, I think you more started open as well. Yeah, and I think I started how like a lot of monogamous couples will start when they are exploring non-monogamy, which is where you do look at the options and you try for the one that feels safest. Like mm-hmm. before we decided to fully be open, we had always thought we would do threesomes or foursomes or explore some sort of sex play like that. And um, it was the presence of that emotional connection, which suddenly like, you know, I had to make a choice of like, okay, can I be like honest about the fact that I do form emotional connections with people, like right when I'm meeting somebody, right when I'm talking yeah. to them, that's the beginning of that. So it felt dishonest to continue in open because it's like, yeah, but that's not you. Be, that's not me. I'm and that's really not you. That's, <laughs> that's real not you. Don't come after me. <laughs> <laughs> you are an emotional being. <laughs> yeah, an emotional badass, you know? Yes. <laughs> not a bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I I do actually love that part about myself. I think that sometimes emotional expression can be really beautiful. Yeah. And it's very varied as well. So, like, it yes. doesn't always have to be, like, I'm here with a poem and a <laughs> gift, which I was thinking about getting you from the first day I met you. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, certain levels of thoughtfulness I do really love being part of and appreciate. Okay. No, I think that's cool. Um, we, you know, and we can kind of dive into some of these, which you know, even just researching when we we're going to do this podcast, I just started looking up what other people think forms of non-monogamy are. Yeah. Some people thought threesomes were forms of non-monogamy. Um, I just want to say, I think it boils down to like when you have a definition of like, everybody in the relationship is okay and consenting to multiple partners. Like if we were to do like the barest bare minimum of the non-monogamy definition. Yes. So when you use that definition, you go like, well, technically a threesome, I am I am consenting to this. I know about this person and we all agree to this. Like I can see where that can get a little confusing. When I think for me, I usually classify threesomes um, and not, not to be confused with triads. Right. Absolutely not. Triads. That's, that's a different category. Absolutely different. So threesomes for me is just more of a sexual interaction. And yes. I typically put that under swinging. Yeah. Typically. 
Yeah. For me. Yeah, I would say so. I it, it's interesting because I almost would like a a separate category altogether for sex play. Period. You know? Well, and that for me is more of the BDSM side, yeah. but it, there is kind of that gray crossover area Yeah, because you don't have to be into BDSM and kink to be into non-monogamy. That's true. Now, but... there is a huge crossover. There are tons of people who are into both, mm-hmm. and that seems to be a very common theme, um, Which, but actually there are some dynamics in BDSM that are very anti-non-monogamy. Oh, really? Uh, very. Wow. I don't want to say anti-non-monogamy. They, the dynamics don't lend themselves to non-monogamy, typically. Would you say that's like in a master-slave dynamic? Yeah, master-slave tends to be the one that is more monogamous structured. Okay. Typically. Yes. Uh, typically, masters do not like me. Oh. Because I am non-monogamous. And I am very open about that. Yeah, they can't, you know, they, master slave tends to be a little bit more of a um, very structured, I hate to use the word controlling, but it is a controlling, consensually controlling dynamic. Okay, yeah. Um, If it's done correctly, both sides consent to the control. Um, But there's also a lot of kind of fidelity and ownership there. Mm -hmm. It is master slave. I mean, that is an ownership thing. I was going to say possession. Possession. And. And that works for them, and that's totally yeah. cool. Um, as long as it's done in a healthy way, I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just not a dynamic for me because mm-hmm. I am not going to just be with them. I obviously have a partner, and yeah. I'm definitely won't be with that kid. I don't think it'll work for me since I am poly as well, and being like, right. yeah, no, I can just be in this, but I'm not giving that up. And they're like, but you have to. But, and I'm like, ah, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we just went on a total tangent, but we did. Whatever. I digress. <laughs> um. So threesomes for me kind of fall under swinging. Um, there's also, you know, polyfidelity came up in some. What is polyfidelity? Okay, so polyfidelity is an interesting thing for me. Um, it is essentially under the polyamorous header, in my opinion. So, for example, you may have four people in a quad. They are all dating each other or all together. They all have a partnership with the four of them, but the four of them cannot go date anyone outside of that four. This you just presented to me as the definition for polyfidelity. Yes. Oh my, okay. Um. That is polyfidelity. So you are polyamorous, but you are uh, in committed relationships solely with those people in that dynamic. So those four people are only with those four people and not going out and dating outside of that. So here's the commercial for polyfidelity, okay? You're like, tired of your standard non-monogamy? <laughs> Monogamous relationships is too much to wrap your head around? Polyamory too broad to really get a sense of? Fear no longer. <laughs> because you can get the best of both worlds by having multiple partners that all agree to a somewhat monogamous structure. monogamish structure and monogamish is another one that came up that some people consider under non-monogamy as a category what i were so the the concern so like okay i am pro uh you know identifying yourself to the best of your ability so that you give your partners the best chance of understanding what they're getting into when they you know Mm -hmm. fraternize with you if you will um but it does feel like the more titles they are the more confusing 
it gets, which I guess is why it's so important to really be upfront and talking about your boundaries. But yeah, so I just casually used monogamish as a fun way to say, haha, like you're kind of monogamous. But I would worry about being in a situation where a person crosses a boundary for me and then they're like, well, I'm kind of monogamish. I'm like, well, first of all, tell me that upfront. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, polyfidelity is interesting for me. I, I see some of the pros and cons with it. Um, you know, <laughs> there are definitely days when I'm dating that I'm like, this is, I hate life and I don't hmm. want to date ever again. Yeah, same. Um, and then there are days I'm like, dating, woo! <laughs> Those true. have been few and far between between I've had panoramics. I've like since 2019. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, panoramic has made that <laughs> terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like you shared a memory with me right now. Like, yeah. Oh, nostalgic. Oh. oh, I do remember 2019 that. 2019 dating. Oh, so nice. God, it was way better. It was so beautiful. God. Rip. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I, I definitely see polyfidelity and kind of the draw to it at times. It's just not something that I'm right now interested in, but I'm not going to rule it out forever. Um, monogamish is an interesting, for me, monogamish somewhat falls under open for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like monogamish is also kind of a gateway drug, if you will. Yeah. It's a way that monogamous people can kind of enter into non-monogamy without like fully entering. Like it's more of like a toe in the water. See how you feel. Yeah. Try Cross it out. Water. Take a little, eh. well, but don't go it. all the, don't dive. Don't, don't dive it. No. 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 Don't go head no. first. Like just a little toe, a little yeah. toesies. So it's, you know, it's, it's monogamous. I, I think definitely is valid. Um, but for me, it does kind of go hand in hand somewhat with open. Mm -hmm. Um, Monogamish, there is actually a documentary, which is a really cool documentary. And What's it called? Monogamish. Oh, wow. I know, shocker. <laughs> um, and everyone should watch it. I think it's, you know, I, I don't think it's the end all be all, but I think it's a really good documentary, especially if you're looking to get into non-monogamy. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of the ones that I, I do recommend quite a few times. Agreed. Agreed. So then there's one that I, you know, if I'm being totally honest, probably know the least about I mean I understand what it's called and I understand separately what it's called what these words mean but <laughs> separate I get them relationship anarchy boom I've heard relationship anarchy used in a few different ways okay so I've heard relationship anarchy used as a subcategory of non-monogamy so it is mm -hmm. its own piece okay interesting. I've also heard it used more often, I think, as a style of hierarchy under polyamory. That's interesting because I would have thought it was in like an anti-hierarchical. Yes, and that's, oh, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So more people, when they are polyamorous but non-hierarchical. Yeah, you actually said it right. <laughs> you doubted it, but Look I think you me. said Look it right. I won't. I won't say it again and test it. Do so. Not. When they are wanting to say that they are, I'm going to have to say it again, non-hierarchical. There it is. Definitely don't try a third time because no, it's not going to happen. Look at that English degree coming in use. <laughs> um, some of them I've seen will start to default to uh, more of an anarchy hmm. uh, space. Or that's yeah. how they explain it is more of a relationship anarchy. I will say, as someone doing solo poly right now, which is solo in both terms, I've heard it used as like solo, but I have other partners and solo and I don't have any partners and I'm solo and I don't have any partners. 
And um, sometimes it feels like, but if I were to start dating again, I do have an opportunity to explore relationship anarchy because I am enjoying having my own home space. So it's almost like I have an easier opportunity to get into this non-hierarchical situation because I don't have any, there's no one to have hierarchy right now. Mm -hmm. So we're just starting as opposed to being in a once closed relationship. Yes. And then being like, okay, now I want to be non-hierarchical with your partner who you've been living with and probably share assets with. Um, makes it a little difficult. Some, you know, there are, there are people who try to practice that. Um, you know, I, I try to be as non-hierarchical as I can when I am dating or have other partners outside of my main partner, my mm -hmm. nesting partner, Jay. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously he and I have been together for nine years. We share a home, we share a space, we share assets. You know, yeah. So there, I, I'm, I can't sit here and say that we don't have a hierarchy because we do. Yeah. Even if, you know, I did everything I could to get rid of it, it, there's still going to be a hierarchy just because I do live with him. That's my nesting partner. Yeah, exactly. And there's no way to like dip that, like... Like, you can't lessen the importance and gravity of sharing a home, sharing assets, things like that. that yeah. Those things aren't casual. No, even if it's, you know, even honestly, if it's just a roommate, sharing energy spaces, yeah. you know, it affects people. Mm -hmm. It affects things. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not as well versed on why people think relationship anarchy is its own non-monogamy category. Um, I guess technically you for me it kind of lends itself that you are dating and have multiple partners and multiple connections which kind of goes to the polyamory side for me mm -hmm. but right yeah i don't know if you know of anything different or have heard of anything different about that type of relationship style no and it's hard because i do use like non-monogamy as this umbrella that captures all of these like almost like that's the word and everything branches out underneath it has been my understanding of it yeah so to consider relationship anarchy to be like no it's totally outside of that i'm like you know, but I think it's just because I'm using maybe like in the same way people might use like kink to at one time describe swinging, you know, where it's like, OK, well, there's actually some pretty intense kink that isn't just sharing partners. Yeah. So. But swinging can be a kink. True. So that's true. It's like gray space again. So in, in, in a way, relationship anarchy, too, right, where it's like, well, it can be non-monogamy. Yeah, I, and I, I definitely don't want to invalidate it as non-monogamy, or as not being non-monogamous. Right. Um, double negative. Double negative, yeah. <laughs> Say that five times real fast. Um, yeah, and just I'm not as well-versed or versed enough to speak to it too much. Yeah. Um, I think it's a cool concept. I think I, if I didn't have a partner, I would probably be much more inclined to relationship anarchy. Yeah. I think if I ever don't have a partner in the future and... Um, for all of you out there, that is just how I live. I, you know, my partner and I very much recognize that relationships don't have to be forever. So yeah. don't think he's sitting at home listening and being like, Ooh! He'd be like I'm so he's like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think if I didn't have a partner if, or if I don't in the future, I probably will lean more relationship anarchy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cause I, I just kind of more appreciate that we don't need the hierarchy to feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it adds this level of intention that is like very attractive to me. 
like an idea of like okay if we're in this like relationship anarchy we are deciding totally like what does that look like yeah are we sharing goals are we sharing assets you know it's very like and I don't know if that just comes from like my anxious thinking like where I tend to like to be an overthinker thinking about all details but to have like this safe space of like no this is a normal conversation to have you're not having it because you're being anxious right now and um, we can both agree on certain things and move forward in those types of things that feels incredible I would yeah. love to be a part of a situation like that and I think for me I'm attracted to it I'm, I'm big on autonomy yes um, that's big mm-hmm. in my relationship with my Absolutely. partner that we are both autonomous have our own autonomous mm-hmm. time space like we are two separate adults yeah absolutely um, who are choosing to cohabitate at times right <laughs> so right. Say that at times. you know I think relationship anarchy for me feels more autonomous yes everyone's on almost or trying to be on a level playing field everyone has a level say there is no veto like all of that so right. um, and hopefully any of our listeners can let us know uh, open discussion on what this is did we nail it did we totally miss the mark yeah tell uh, please explain we would love more info if you got more info on any of this that we're not well versed on tell us send it send it in I want I aggressively aggressively, I aggressively want in. that yes yeah if you think oh man I don't want to step on the toe no step no toes step step stomp stomp if you will I'm <laughs> aggressively to say. Stomp the bring toes. like the garbage can lids <laughs> smash it together That's and if there's I'm a on. documentary even better because I'm a oh documentary my. nerd or a podcast or a pod obviously Please. obviously audiobook Ugh. done done so I, I would say if we're wrapping this up, because we are almost at our 30-minute mark and we're trying to keep them, we were trying to keep it doing 30. our best. So we have non-monogamy as the overarching umbrella. Yes. And then for us, kind of the main subcategories, polyamory. Yes. Open relationship. Yeah. Swinging or full switch mm-hmm. or full trade. Oh. Polyfidelity. Polyfidelity, kind of under polyamory. Okay, okay, okay. Um, relationship we'll, anarchy. We'll, we'll, we'll throw relationship anarchy out there. Okay. And then I was what like is trying to guess the last part of the list, and I feel like I missed <laughs> it. <laughs> you got it. You, you know, if it was multiple choice, you would have gotten it. Is this like when we show, well, let's say the same answer at the same time, we both say different answers? Exactly. Ugh. And then what is the one that we do not consider under non-monogamy? <gasps> Cheating. Thank you. Thank you. Emphasis. Emphasis on the cheating. Emphasis on the cheating. And the fact that we are eliminating the word ethical. We're getting rid of it. Absolutely. Get rid of it. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that pretty much sums us up. And then if you guys have any comments, suggestions, any info, definitely hit us up. We love all that stuff. Yes. And for now, we are going to freak, kink, and geek out. (laughs) Oh, my.